change us, touch, and make us more and more into the very image of Jesus Christ. Bless Lilia this morning as she brings this word. Give her a confidence, give her a peace, give her a boldness. Let her simply be an oracle that you use for your purposes today in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Keep track of. There we go. Okay, good. Well, good morning, family. Good morning. I forgot my slow down signs. I always think about doing that. Like when I start talking too fast, giving people permission to say, whoa, Chica, slow down a little bit. So I will do my best. But we're in a series on prayer. Um, Pastor Jeremy and I have been planning this for a few months and just really excited about what God is doing here at CA um, in individual people's lives and in us as a body of Christ, because we are the body, yeah? And so we get to do things as the body that bless one another, um, that encourage one another. And so today I get to teach to you on being people of blessing, and praying prayers of blessing and what that means. And I love it because I love blessing people. It's just like, it makes me happy to be able to do that. Um, and so I just wanted to, you know, how sermons usually have to start out with something kind of catchy and funny to get your attention. So, um, so a quick Google search, how many of you, like when someone sneezes, you say, bless you. Anybody? Yeah? Okay. So I learned that's kind of something interesting just for the states. People like come to the United States and they sneeze and an American will say, bless you. And they're like, what does that mean? Like, why is that? And so I looked up on MIT's website, actually. Um, it says, people used to believe a sneeze caused someone to expel their soul out of their body. And so God bless you or bless you was used as a protection against the devil snatching your soul. That's kind of interesting, right? Um, during the Middle Ages and 14th century Europe, the bubonic plague, also known as the Black Death, was widespread. <laughs> because, oh sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Because it was a usually a fatal disease and people were very often religious, the phrase God bless you offered a benediction to someone who might no longer be living soon. Isn't that interesting? But God bless you is a thing that we say in the United States. In, in Colombia, when someone sneezes, the first thing they say is salud, which means health. The second time they sneeze, they say dinero, which means money. And then the third time they sneeze, they say amor, <laughs> for love, right? And I used to laugh that once I met Leo, I only needed to sneeze, or I only needed to sneeze twice because I had my love already. No one had to bless me with love. <laughs> but, you know, money and health, come on. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so, um, so anyway, we say bless you. That is a common thing that we do, right? How many of us pause to bless the Lord before we eat? We say a blessing for our food, right? Something that I've been convicted about, this has nothing to do with anything that you need to do, but something that I've been convicted about when I sit and pray for my food is not only blessing my food to my body, 
even if it's filled with fat and calories, let's be honest, right? Um, blessing my food to my body, blessing the hands that prepared it, especially if we're out at a restaurant. But now I've started, especially with our son, like bless the farmers that had anything to do with people growing our food, raising our food, bless the transfer people, tra- the transportation people who brought our food from the farms. to the, You know what I'm saying? We sometimes forget there's a lot more that goes into our food than just the people who prepared it. So I, we have started doing that as a family. Just bless, Lord, anybody that had anything to do with this animal or this plant being brought to my plate. Just bless them, right? And how many of us know those little prayers? Um, sometimes we teach preschool kids, right? Oh, the Lord is good to me. Anyone know this? And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. And the preschool favorite, amen, 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 amen. Yeah, okay. So anyway, we have these blessings that we just have as a natural thing that we do, right? And as we're in this prayer series, that's something that we want to to really communicate well is that prayer, first and foremost, is something naturally supernatural. It's something, it's a rhythm that we should get into that's a natural rhythm of things that we do in our families and as we're out and about. But it's also supernatural. God uses the simple words that we speak and the natural way that we have of speaking to do amazing things in the world to bless other people, people that we know, people that we don't know. It's something natural, but yet supernatural. The Lord does something. It's also simple and deep, right? The, um, they can have an impact on someone that goes to the depths of who they are. We have no idea. And especially those of you who work with young people, I just really wanna encourage you. They're, like, I don't know about you. Okay, just a question. How many of you, your internal monologue that you'd think about yourself is always positive, good things all the time. Anyone? No, right? Usually our internal monologue is not great. <laughs> We're critical of ourselves. We, we speak awful things about ourselves. We think awful things about our lack or about whatever, our internal monologue. And you guys, we need to speak blessings over one another. What you don't know is what someone else's internal monologue is. And when you're willing to take a moment, take a beat, and just speak a word of encouragement, a word of blessing over someone, that interrupts that inner monologue that is sometimes just destructive. Do you hear me? When we do that and when we're intentional about letting the Lord use our words to bless other people. It's deep. It goes deep. When kids know, when kids' inner monologue becomes the blessings of their parents, whoa, that is so deep. And so we have a beautiful opportunity to be simple and deep with our prayers. And the third one, it's a privilege and a command. These are the three kind of thoughts that are going to weave through our whole series on prayer. It's a privilege. It's a privilege <laughs> to be able to see people face to face. How many of us know that, especially after the pandemic? Like to actually be with people face to face. I got to go visit someone in the hospital. Like how cool is that? I got to go visit someone in the hospital and sit with them for hours with no mask. That was incredible. It was such a privilege to be able to be there with her in her 
trial and speak blessing over her life. We forget sometimes what a privilege it is to be with other people in their mess, in their joy, whatever it is, and speak blessing over them. But it's also a command, right? There is a command from the Lord to be people of blessing. And the first person that we should bless, we did this for about 45 minutes this morning already, but we bless the Lord. That is the first thing. We wake up and we bless the Lord. I don't know about you, but in popular culture, there's a lot about gratitude right now. There are gratitude journals. It's like doing things out of a heart of gratitude. But can I tell you what? The fountain of that gratitude is the Lord himself. When we try to do things that are divorced from the fountain of the life giver, the life bringer, it's only gonna yield so many results. But when we come to the Lord and we say, I will praise you, the Lord at all times, I will continually speak your praises. I will boast only in, yes, let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. So my challenge to you, first challenge, friends, is to start your day blessing the Lord. Man, if your house is like mine, you say, Lord, bless this mess, right? You say, Lord, thank you that we have clothes to wear that are all over the floor right now. Thank you that we have food to eat and that's why the sink is full of dishes. Thank you, thank you that we have a car to fill up. It needs gas and it's trashed with all the wrappers and food and maybe just my car, okay? But thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this body that you made, right? Because how many of us are inner monologue, especially if you're in the mid 40s and up like me, you, you kind of got a up in the morning sometimes, right? A little creakiness, a little stiffness. You got to stretch a little bit. And instead of like cursing our bodies, what would it be like? Lord, thank you for this body that you made that can glorify you, that can honor you. Thank you for these hands. Thank you for these feet. Lord, I bless you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. What if our day started out already blessing the Lord? What would that look like? What would that feel like? How would that transform our minds to be people of blessing? Amen? And here's the thing. We, what we talked, what we sang about, we praise God, we bless the Lord, not only for what he does, but for who he is, right? And we remind ourselves who God is. And so I thought we could just take a moment. I'm, I come from like a classroom setting. I love teaching and I love like audience participation. And so I thought for just a second, could we just take turns and you guys just, just sh I'm not gonna use a mic. We're not gonna do that. The video people, sorry online, just know that we're all gonna be blessing the Lord, okay? But, but can you just like take turns? Let's just say something out loud that God is. Amen, he's merciful. Loving, gracious, good, kind, worthy, faithful, sovereign, worthy, giving, all-knowing, long-suffering. He's a friend, omnipotent, providential, 
Redeemer, eternal. Woo! Savior and King. Lord, we bless you for who you are. Lord, we bless you for who you are. Man, God, you are so good. You are so good. We bless your name. We bless your name. I love the Psalm that says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, right? The righteous run into it and they are what? Saved. We run into the name of the Lord, that strong tower, that fortress that protects us, blessing the Lord, reminding ourselves every morning who the Lord is. It is a shield about us. Amen. Because then when the enemy comes against us, when the enemy comes and tries to distract, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to discourage, all the things that he does, we are protected in the armor of God. And then in his name, his name is our strong tower. And when we bless him, we just set up our day. We say, Lord, you are these things. And we believe you, we trust in you. The psalmist goes on, it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Did you hear that? All they need. Even young, strong lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will what? Lack no good thing. So we begin by blessing the Lord. And it transforms our minds, right? And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. We do something natural. We do something, Lord, I'm just going to write down who you are. I'm just going to remind myself of these things. We do something in the natural. And then God supernaturally meets that place. And he does beyond what we could ever ask for, think, or imagine. He is so good. So first we bless the Lord. But secondly, we have a command from the Lord to be people of blessing, right? Israelites, they were called a people, a holy nation. And then when Jesus came and the Holy Spirit came, now we're all invited into that, right? And so um, 1 Peter 2.9, Don, if you could switch to the next one. Thank you. Thank you. So this together, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And why does that matter that we're priests? Why does that matter that now we're all this this kingdom of priests, right? What What does that matter? Well, if you remember the Old Testament... I'm going to probably butcher this a little bit, so Peter, have be gracious to me. Um, but the, the priests, they had a role, right? The people knew that they were not right with God. 
And so they brought an offering of some kind and they brought it to the priest. And the priest did all the bloody things that priests did and did, and, and then the, ple- the, off- the offering, the sacrifice was pleasing to God and then there was peace between people and God, yes? And so we, as priests, we get to speak peace and blessing over people. Praise Jesus, we don't have to butcher animals anymore, right? Oh my goodness. I mean, unless we want to eat, anyway, we won't go there. But, um, but this is our role as priests. Now here's the cool thing. There's a priestly blessing that the Lord told Aaron and his sons to speak over people. And we're going to sing this song in a little bit because I love it. But we're going to read this, okay? The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, say it with me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. That was their role to speak blessing, but to speak peace. And this word for peace is shalom, right? And this word gives me goosebumps, okay? It is unreal. It is an incredible thing. And I um, researched a bunch of things about the word shalom. It is not just peace, dude, right? It's not just this warm, fuzzy feeling. Shalom is a whole holistic um, invitation that the Lord gives us that, that represents like reconciliation between people reconciliation between people and God, reconciliation between people and living things, all the things. So this is what's interesting. I read this book. Um, In the Old Testament, the primary meaning of shalom is closely related to relationships and relies on the basis of reciprocity and complementarity as a practice of exchanging valuable things for mutual benefits. This intimate relationship improves each other's qualities It implies an external peace between two entities and to an internal sense of peace within the individual. Okay, that's a lot of big words, okay? But what that means is shalom is whole, it brings reconciliation, right? It is a whole peace. How many of you know that when you have conflict with another person, you do not have inner peace, right? You've lived that, maybe with a family member, maybe with a coworker, but when there is conflict, there is no peace, right? You don't have inner peace, there's it's tension, there is strife. And that was our position with God, right? There is this conflict, there is this lack of peace. But as priests, as people who have chosen to walk with Jesus, people who have chosen to be in covenant with the Lord, we are offered shalom, with God, it brings peace to everything. It brings peace to our hearts, to our minds, to our bodies, to our families. Shalom is holistic peace. It's incredible and it is what we are offered. And it's also what we get to do. That's why Paul says that we wear shoes fitted with the gospel of peace, which means everywhere we what? Everywhere we walk. We bring, we have the capacity to bring Christ's shalom wherever we go. Isn't that incredible to think about? 
that we get to speak it wherever we go. We get to bring it. We get to, 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 to agree with God's purpose of shalom. And here's the thing. It is not possible in our own strength right? What does the word say? But I no longer live. I've been crucified with Christ. So I no longer live, but who lives in me? Christ. The life I live in the body, I live in faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, right? So it's not us. It's not Lilia. Hey, I'm a peacemaker. Woo, woo, woo. No way, man. If you know me, sometimes I cause conflict, right? Or whatever, but it's Jesus, It's Jesus in us, it's Christ in us. Those of us who choose to walk in covenant with the Lord, who choose to lay down our own passions and desires and choose to let the resurrected Christ live inside of us. It is us, it is Christ who gets to walk and offer peace. And it's available because of Christ. He is the Prince of, yes, it is Christ. And so when you think even about a family, you know, a a couple who wants to get married, what do they want more than anything? They want their father's blessing, right? When you're making a big decision, where do you go? You ask, Lord, do I have your blessing to do this? Is there peace that's going to wash over me because of your blessing, because of your grace, because of your mercy? Is, Is there something here, right? And so I just, I want to encourage you. I did not know this, but as I was talking with Jeremy about this sermon, he's like, oh, well, you know Scott's book. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so there's a man who is a member here. His name is Scott Osborne. He's an OGCA guy, but he wrote a book called The Book of Blessings. And it is rocking my socks off. Like it's amazing. And he goes into a lot of depth, but what's even cooler about this, you guys, is there's an app that Lori's husband made and it's awesome. And I think it's just called, okay, let me, let me, I downloaded it. Where is it? Blessings. It's just blessings. And all you do is you get to look at the blessings. They're all different blessings, all different kinds of blessings. And what he realized as he, as he wrote this, and some of you know him a lot more a lot better than, you know, than I know him. But, but he, he talks about how blessing in his family just completely changed their dynamic. Like they would, he would speak blessing over his kids, over his family, and it changed things in his family. And then he started, you know, some of our small groups are learning how to pray the word of God. And so he took some of the things, the stories from the word of God, and, and those became blessings. Isn't that incredible? So I just, I just want to read, I want to read this, just some of these, you know, blessings for God's provision. How many of you know that? May you know the Lord is the one who answers your prayers and watches over you. He is like a green pine tree. Your blessings come from him. A wise person will know these things and an understanding person will take them to heart. May you be enriched in everything for all liberality, open-handedness, which causes thanksgiving through you to God. Blessings for courage. Man, it's, this book is amazing. Okay, I got it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. Um, may you be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might so that you may have a great endurance and patience. How many of us need those kind of things over our own lives? But we get to speak these things. We get to speak them. And here's the thing. We can't speak things that we haven't received. Right? 
And so when we sit with the Lord, when we sit in his presence and we let his blessings pour over us, something beautiful happens. And I have a little thing I'm gonna do here. Object lesson, I don't know what it's called, but here we go. I need like moving music. I promise I will try not to spill water on the stage. There we go. Good. But I I spoke earlier about how um, sometimes it is really hard for us. Like we have an internal monologue that stops like God's blessings from, like it just stops us from thinking the good things that God has for us and that, that God is for us. And I don't know about you, but like this happens in my life where I just like, oh my gosh, I am a mess. That's a big one. <laughs> um, I, I just can't do this. Like I have no idea what is going on. And, and, I, and maybe some people, like you have situations in your life where people have walked away from you and you have a hard time understanding God's faithfulness. Maybe for some of you, it's just you struggle to see God provide for you. Maybe it's, you know, all of these things. We have all of these things that we come and we say, Lord, like, how are, how are you going to use this? <laughs> like, what, what in the world? And, and really, all we're focused on are all of the holes in our life, right? All the ways that we lack, all the ways that we fail, all the ways that we don't measure up. And we say, Lord, fill me. Fill me, fill me. And he does, and he's faithful, right? And we keep going out of a sense of lack. And we say, Lord, just fill me, make me complete. But we still have all of this stuff. Now, the truth is God does bring healing, right? God does bring restoration. God does bring a wholeness to us. But, but the truth is we have a, 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 a vision that is, that is still thinking that God fills us and God makes all of the things right, and there's a beautiful sound that comes out of that. But, but the invitation I feel like from Galatians, from Ephesians, from Colossians is, is different. And it's not to see God in us, filling us, but it's for us to see ourselves in Christ. And there's something that happens when this cup is just in Christ. Do you see this? Do you see the difference? That there is something that, that we see and, and, and because we are in Christ, we are a new creation, the old is gone, all things have become new, but it doesn't become about our holes anymore. It doesn't become about our lack anymore because Christ is in all things and through all things and it is Christ in us. And so there's a grace that we offer ourselves in our lack. There's a grace that we offer each other in ways that we don't measure up because we see, oh my gosh, Christ is working in this. This is, this is in Christ. And I don't know if this makes sense, but sometimes as a mom, like I look out and I'm like, Lord, I cannot do this. Like I am lacking. Like I do not have all of these things. And I can start feeling really insecure. I can start feeling really inadequate. I can start really feeling all of these things. But what God has done through shifting my lens, through reading his word and understanding what it means to be in Christ is that I look at my situations differently. Now I look at them as, Lord, you're my son's dad. (laughs) You're my son's parent. And you have all the things that I need to lead him in the ways of righteousness. 
And so I'm gonna see myself in you and what you have and how you wanna parent and how you wanna love. And I'm gonna trust that you have all the creativity in the world and all the patience in the world. And I'm gonna trust you as I parent my son because it's you who lives in me. Do you hear me? This shifts everything. It might even be in your marriage. Lord, I don't have the capacity to always forgive. Like how in the world? I don't have the capacity to speak kind things. I don't have the capacity to like figure all of this out, but yet I am in you and you have everything that I need for life and for holiness. And you love this other person even more than I do. And so because I am found in you, I have everything I need. But it's that surrender, do you hear me? It's that willingness to, to die to self, to say, Lord, it is you. And this is where it brings peace, my friends. This is where it brings peace. If you have a struggle with whatever it is, when you look at yourself, I am in Christ. The wholeness of Christ, the shalom that reconciles me with God, that reconciles me with other people. I can live in the shalom because of Christ, the Prince of Peace living inside of me. It is not about my lack. It is all about my surrender. It is about me willingly surrendering my mind and my thoughts, my body, my actions, my heart, my emotions to be in Christ. This cup is not, you know, it's floating. It's not supposed to float. But to be in Christ. All the way, get in there. No. <laughs> but all the way in Christ. How would that change our families? How would that change the way we look at ourselves? How would that change the way we look at trials, at challenges in our life? How would that change? And that's what I feel. I mean, I just feel like this is what the Lord wants to speak over us today, that he has the fullness of everything we need for life and that we get to surrender to his work in our lives. And so I wanna, I wanna um, end this kind of our time with, um, with a verse from Ephesians, because I love the book of Ephesians. I was just texting someone today. I'm like, you need to read the book of Ephesians. It's so good. But this is, this is a blessing that Paul spoke over the people at this church. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. What I love about this is Paul is encouraging them, but he's not encouraging them because of their strengths. He's not encouraging them because of the good things that they can do. 
But what does he pray? He prays that they will be illuminated, like filled with how good and how huge and how big Christ is, right? And so as we speak blessing over each other, I just wanna encourage us, church, this isn't like a, you know, Pollyanna, you can do it kind of thing. This, we get to, as, as people who walk in covenant with the Lord, we get to speak blessing over people because of Christ, because of his work, because he is still gonna bring things to completion. Even if we don't see it now, we bless people because of Jesus in them. Does that make sense? And then as people who walk in covenant, we get to speak blessing over people who don't know yet, yet know Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? We get to speak blessing over people who don't know Jesus yet. I don't know what that looks like for you, but all of, every single one of us has people in our realm of influence that we can speak and be people of blessing. We get to carry peace with us. We don't carry comparison. We don't carry judgment. We don't carry ridicule. We don't carry even sarcasm. We don't carry those things. We get to be people who carry peace, the shalom, the wholeness of Christ wherever we go. Amen? So what I wanted to do today, just because I, I love to worship, is I just want to worship. <laughs> and I want to sing the song, The Blessing, over us. And I don't know how you want to respond to this. You can sing it with me. You can just sit and you can just let it soak in. But there is something to, number one, receiving God's blessing over us. And we need to do that so that we can bless others. Do you hear me? We have to get this into our bones. Who God is that Christ lives in us. It is no longer I, us who live, but Christ who lives in us. That is the biggest sense of peace that I have in my life, <laughs> that it is Christ. I am in Christ, in the fullness of Christ. And then we get to, to be people of blessing wherever we go, which is beautiful. And so I love that the Jobies wrote this song or Carnes and Job. I'll just do this, Mike. Yeah, okay. So I just wanna sing this over us.
favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children's favor may favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their may's presence may's presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going and your weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 Side you all around. 
Jesus, that our eyes would be open to how great you are. How forgiving, how merciful, how kind. And Lord, as we find ourselves in you, Lord, that who you are would just pour out onto other people, Lord. That forgiveness would pour out on other people, that your mercy and your grace and your love Lord, that we would be people who speak blessing and not criticism. Lord, that we would be people who bless our families, who bless our mothers and our fathers and our spouses and our children, that that words of blessing would just flow out of us, Lord, that you would fix our eyes on your word and the promises and the blessings that are found in your word, that we would just be filled up with the true words to speak. And Lord, I do ask that you would bless this congregation with a spirit of prayer, with a spirit of blessing, with a spirit that brings hope, that brings life, that brings peace. God, that our words would truly be seasoned with grace for one another. as we go out, we will be people who declare how great you are to a world desperately in need of something that can captivate their attention, Lord. Let our lives be those lives like beacons on a hill. We bless you, bless you, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.